Hi, everyone, and welcome to Meet Me Downstairs. I'm your host and fellow mom, Britt, and I'm very excited to be sharing this stage with you. We are going to get real and honest about the different dimensions of postpartum life. We are going to be joined by a mixture of moms and experts in the field to discuss things like getting back into the actual act of sex with your partner, reawakening the joy of intimacy within yourself, the identity shift of motherhood, different ebbs and flows of relationships, and everything else in between. This podcast is dedicated to moms and our core purpose is to make sure that we are always honoring the woman within the mother. This forum is a place for us just to get together and discuss topics that may not be so easy to do in everyday life. So without further ado, let's get to it and I'll meet you downstairs. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Today we're talking about the first few weeks of bringing baby home and some of the tough and struggling moments that kind of come out of that. So we go into the relinquishing of control because we realize very quickly we have none. We talk about bonding and how sometimes it doesn't always go as you imagined it to. And then we talk about breakdowns. There's a whole hell of a lot of emotions that come in those first few weeks for yourself. You know, your hormones are going crazy. Your baby's going crazy. So we just kind of want to shed some light on that. And I'm joined by my friend Lucy, who in particular had a really tough time in her beginning stages. So you're hearing from someone who's been in the trenches and has come out of it. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. It's super honest and raw. And that's really what this podcast is about. So lots of love. And if you have any questions, you know where to find me. So a big warm Caribbean welcome to my friend Lucy, who is coming to us today all the way from New Zealand. Hi. Um, hey. How are you doing over there? I'm good. A long way from where you are, that's for sure. Very much so. <laughs> but I'm happy that we still are able to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, So why don't you just, if you're okay, just doing a little introduction of yourself, who you are, what you do, like intro of your fam, and then we can go from there. Cool. So um, I am 34. I live in Auckland, New Zealand with my husband, Clint, who is a radio broadcaster, and our almost nine-month-old daughter called Tui. And we've got two cats as well. And yeah, that's us. Awesome. I can't believe she's almost nine months. I know. It's crazy. It's gone. Well, the first bit did not go fast, but this bit now (laughs) is going so fast. Like Now I want the time to slow down. (laughs) I know. But nine months, I feel like is a big marker for me because then that's like more time she spent in our world than inside you. So I I find nine months I'm like quite excited for. But I still have a little ways to go. Mav is almost seven. Oh, you're close. Get in there, get in there. But um, yeah, I'm so happy that you could join us today. And I know that we're probably get into a bit of everything, but I think our probably main focus would be just on, you know, all the dimensions and different changes that go on in our body that sometimes doesn't always get discussed. So what happens to us physically, mentally, emotionally, and um, just sort of like letting or bringing people into that space of motherhood. You know, the the whole reason I started this podcast was to make sure that we were always honoring the woman and the mother because sometimes I think she can get forgotten. So just letting 
people know women know giving them comfort and support that everything that's happening in you postpartum is happening for a reason and there should be no shame or no guilt or whatever so just getting a lot of different moms to share their own experience because for sure somewhere out there is someone out there is going to relate to you totally that's amazing yay (laughs) well I guess the first thing I wanted to um, sort of ask you is I think sometimes you know there's a bit of a misconception when it comes to the term mother and sort of what that experience is supposed to like quote unquote feel like or be like especially for somebody who is brand new to the game and you and I are both first-time moms so I just wanted to get an idea from you on how that shift went from, you know, just being your single solo self into a mother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you sort of spend so much time being the only person that you really kind of are focused on. Like, yes, yes, you have like your husband and, you know, your pets and the rest of your family, but really you spend so much time thinking about yourself and doing things for you and then all of a sudden your baby comes along and you don't even get a choice about whether you think about yourself or not because you just can't and I think for me I didn't even realize that that had happened until months down the track when I realized that oh my gosh I haven't I haven't had more than five minutes on my own in months and I think at the beginning, I kind of missed being able to just go out and do things, not necessarily on my own, but just having the option to go out and do things that I'd taken for granted before. And that's a that's a really weird thing to get your head around. Like my husband, Clint, would go to work every day and or he'd go to a rugby game or something like that, that he'd already had organized. And I just didn't even have the choice of whether or not I could do that because I was breastfeeding. So my baby could need me at any moment and I have to be here. Exactly. Yeah. It's not until a few months down the track, you know, probably when Tui was six months old and things kind of started to ease up that I went, Oh my gosh, I, for the last six months, I haven't even really thought about myself at all. It's yeah, it's such an incredible shift. Like mm. it's becoming clear to me now that same thing as well. And I don't think I really realized the I think when you think of an identity shift, like you don't really have many opportunities in your life when you experience one. Mm. But then moving into like mother, this like big this big word this big like it has so much meaning behind it and then all of a sudden yeah that whole selfish nature just disappears and and then of course you know your baby's way more reliant especially if you're breastfeeding way more reliant on you than they are dad yeah yeah and you just you you don't even get a choice and of course you want to do anything you can to be there for your baby but um it's just it's just you know you can't prepare for it I think you can think all of these things about what your motherhood journey is going to be like before it happens but until you're actually in it you just don't know and people can try to explain it to you beforehand but you've got no context to kind of think about it alongside 
like you just you no one can prepare you for it and that's both amazing because you kind of can't be freaked out too much and also it's terrifying because you're just trying to make it up as you go along and hope that you're doing the right thing Uh, and we usually are we just might not give ourselves the credit (laughs) yeah exactly um amazing well thank you for that and um yeah I guess we can just sort of like get straight into it I figure we can like break it down sort of you know physically like what was happening in your body postpartum or even like from birth all the way up until where you are now and just sort of like the different reactions that your physical body experienced after Tui Mm -hmm. was born yeah well my my biggest thing that I remember is straight after I gave birth having a shower and touching my stomach and it was obviously still looked pregnant but I could sink my whole hand right into it like it had all of a sudden just it was empty and it was the weirdest feeling and then over the next few weeks I just sort of watched it deflate every day and I just it was so crazy to just look at it kind of doing its thing and going back to almost the way it was before but just like I couldn't stop touching it like it was just so squishy and fun to play with and I just couldn't believe that a baby had been inside it like it's so wild it's so foreign like I felt when I was pregnant I was like oh I can't imagine not being pregnant and then it Mm. came out and I was like what just happened to my body yeah and you're like how did I get this thing out of me and then looking at this baby and going oh my god it was you in there all along yeah like that's so bizarre but I loved watching my body just kind of deflate I just thought it was so amazing weird but just watching the way it because you don't get to see that until no you know you've never seen that before you don't actually know what's going to happen and I don't know whether that's what happens to everyone or that's just what happened to me I've got no idea but it just it was the coolest thing to watch myself deflate like a balloon (laughs) (laughs) I mean I felt somewhat similar but I I feel like I felt more amazed at my body during pregnancy Mm. than I did after like I just couldn't understand how my skin was expanding how like this thing was in me like it just was such a foreign concept I mean I've seen sure like pregnant women all the time like you see photos of them whatever and it seems like this beautiful thing and then when I was pregnant I was like I couldn't grasp the concept that my body was like shifting like week to week it was crazy yeah And then after, I don't know, I think I was so wrapped up in what the hell was going on that I didn't even really get a chance to, like, honor my body. Mm. I mean, even just hearing you speak about it now, I'm like, I don't even think I really gave my body the time of day to deflate. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think I just was fascinated watching it rather than like I I wish I'd honored it as you say I definitely didn't do that I was just kind of in awe of it more but then my body just did so many things that kind of no one tells you is going to happen like I remember the was maybe this third night after I had Tui 
and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was just saturated and I was like what is going on like is it milk what is it and then I realized that I was sweating and no one told me that you get night sweats Mm. and I was like I could have wrung my t-shirt out and I had no idea what was going on and so I kind of changed my t-shirt and then it was fine and then every night for probably a month afterwards I had to keep a spare t-shirt next to the bed because really yeah and so many people oh I've spoken goodness. to have said the same thing, but I was like, where was the information on that? Like I'm Googling um, breastfeeding mum night sweats and all yes. this stuff comes up. <laughs> like, okay, cool. That's normal. I won't worry about it. Um, oh, yeah, gosh. I, yeah, it's crazy. That is amazing. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think I got night sweats, but I would get hot. Mm. And I would wake up and like the sheets would be off and then I'd have to, I'd get freezing. And I, I never had like um, to worry about temperature before, but somehow I was just like not, my body was like almost not regulating temperature, oh, but okay. I de- definitely did not have night sweats. Yeah. <laughs> but that's Isn't it weird that amazing. And everyone experiences something different too. Yes. That's the thing. Like you go, okay, we're all going through the same experience, which we are. But then there are so many different facets of it that I might have that you don't have or the other way around. And I think we don't know whether what's happening is normal until we Google it. And then Google tells us a million different things. And then you just take from it the one that you want to be true. Exactly. kind of (laughs) what I did for the first sort of four months when I was trying to figure out how babies worked was a lot of Googling and you know, Googling about myself and about my baby. And I think some of it gave me peace of mind. Some of it probably made me overthink, but I was grateful to have the information. And I kind of wonder whether our mums had an easier time or a harder time because they didn't have that information available. Yeah, it's almost, you know, it's like an information overload. Because sometimes, I mean, I mean, they wouldn't have had a choice. Mm. You just have to assume that what's happening is normal and just go with your instinct a bit more. And I think that's there's something to be said for that because I kind of like I didn't enjoy the newborn phase because I think I was so worried about whether or not what I was doing was right, whether, uh, you know, you know, Tui didn't put on weight very fast. And so I was worried about that. And there were all these different things. But I wonder if I didn't have access to that information and I had just gone with my gut a bit more, if I would have enjoyed it more or not. I mean, I don't know because, you know, what happened kind of happened. But I think now I am obsessed with sleep and I know a lot of information about sleep and that's like my passion (laughs) subject. But everything else now I'm kind of just trying to use my gut instinct a bit more. I think, which is maybe why I'm enjoying the stage she's at now. Yeah, you're sort of letting letting go a bit of the control. Yeah, except for sleep. I'm very in control of sleep. (laughs) So what do you mean by that? Well, I follow a routine to the minute every day. Oh, yeah. And it works for us. And I think it's made um, Tui a more chilled out baby because she kind of, she knows what's coming and when it's coming. And um, I kind of know when she's going to be sleeping during the day. So when I do want to do things, when I do want to go out, um, 
and you know see people or um, have people come round, I know when she's going to be awake. And to me, that gives me a sense of rhythm in my day, which I really like. Like I don't want to just let her sleep for however long she wants to and not know how my day is going to go. Uh, so that's like really been really good for me and her, I think, is to have wow. like a real like routine to our day. And I she's sleeping really impressed. well now. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have one of those. <laughs> and, I mean, and it's so funny because you're either a routine person or you're not. And I think in my my personal life, I love structure and I love routine. I, I like to know what's coming when and, you know, what, what happens at 5 p.m. and what, have, you know, all of that kind of thing. What time am I going to wake up in the morning? And, like, I set an alarm and I wake Tui up at the exact same time every day if she's not awake yet. And that, I, I, just, I just know exactly what's going to happen in my day now. <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you got that sorted. <laughs> yeah, because I think in the newborn stage for me, because it's so, um, you kind of, you just have to sort of go with the flow. and Yeah, it's all you, surrender. It, totally. And you don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. You don't know what, when she wakes up, what, what it's going to be like for the next hour. And that I found really hard. Like I, I kind of, struggled with that a bit I kind of wanted her to stay asleep for as long as possible so that I didn't have to do the awake time which yeah. could involve her crying for half an hour or um you know I just that was kind of I I was scared of her waking up from yeah. that because I didn't know what was coming next and it just takes a toll on you in like every way that yeah, like no, sure. incessant crying or yeah you know even that feeling of oh my god like he's awake fuck yeah like you know and then having to go deal with it and then they're not like you know you don't even have a choice mm. as you said like you just have to get up and go yeah but I mean how like I mean how did that sort of like affect your your mental state like how fit like psychologically what what was going on with you yeah I think um I found it really hard um it's just I think it was a lack of control thing yeah and I didn't have this chilled out baby that I just kind of assumed I would have I don't know why yeah of course um I, I think, think that's what do, I, I you know you hope that you're gonna have that yeah and I didn't I do now like and she's amazing now and so happy and bubbly and fun but she definitely wasn't that for me in the beginning and I think I it made me not want to go out and do things because I didn't know what was going to happen. Like I didn't go to any, um, I didn't meet up with my antenatal group. I didn't go to um, any play groups or anything like that because I was just like, well, what if the time that it's on is when she should be sleeping and then she ends up getting overtired and she's crying the whole time. And it just, I mean, it was the middle of winter. So it helped that it wasn't, you know, hot and summery and I wanted to get outside I was happy to kind of hunker down but I think if I had realized that I could go somewhere like a playgroup and it didn't matter if my baby cried maybe I would have felt more confident to actually go out and do that but I just so didn't. Do you think 
it was like maybe like pressure you were putting on yourself yeah a hundred percent and I don't think if I had gone anywhere and my baby cried that anyone else would have cared but it was definitely the pressure on myself and I felt like I couldn't get out of the house and I was like I'm I'm stuck here like this is I'm not stuck here by choice whereas now I want to stay like right now we're in lockdown um so I'm not I am not stuck inside by choice but I think then it just like I just felt like I couldn't go out and do things because I was just so afraid of what would happen if I left the house and that was like fear with her like how she was gonna be yeah was it other people you or other people's opinion that you were scared of or just like not having the control of being at home with her yeah I think it was the control like she didn't love the pram so I couldn't just like go and walk around the mall with her in the pram awake like the thought of that is just even now I know I couldn't have done that because she just would not have have hung out in the pram awake and let me walk around with her like she was a baby that I needed we needed to wear so I would have her in the carrier or the you know the stretchy wrap um to sleep a lot Mm -hmm. um but the the thought of kind of taking her to have coffee with a friend and her being awake was just terrifying like I just didn't even try only now only just recently have we started taking her to cafes because I know that if she like like she just won't cry now and if she does it's a simple fix she just wants to be held but you know when a newborn cries and you sometimes you just can't stop a newborn crying I think that was kind of the fear for me and looking like I maybe wasn't in control of my own baby potentially to to people you know looking in and I would never ever think that about someone else and people probably wouldn't have thought that about me but it's just I think it's that consuming sort of thought you have that you're not doing things right that maybe you're not I don't know we all doubt our abilities to do things when innately I think we do know what we're doing but and I think as well like especially in those early stages like so what I mean it's almost like so what you don't want to leave the house cool like stay home do what makes you feel comfortable because you're literally just trying to figure out what the hell is going on I just (laughs) I never felt so so I mean I have a thing with control as well like I really like being in control of what's going on and um, I felt completely out of control as well so it was just like I mean it's probably like quite an amazing lesson for me. I feel like I'm a much more relaxed person now because mm. I got through some really tough times. Yeah. And like, to be honest, like Mav wasn't even that bad. Like sometimes I hear stories and I just like think in my head, like, holy shit, what, <laughs> what if that had happened to me and I was already freaking out? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so I mean, not to like diminish anybody else's experience, like your experience is your experience. But I definitely think, you know, if there's anybody listening who's feeling like they could be doing better or wish they were doing something else, like you just got to do what you got to do to get yourself through this. And it's going to be 
the right thing for you and your baby at the time. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you're in it, people can say things like that to you and you're like, no, but you don't, you don't know my baby or people say, oh, it gets better. It gets easier. And and you kind of, you're like, I just don't see how it can. I can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And then now I'm like, oh yeah, I would, I would probably say to someone, it gets easier because <laughs> even though I know how annoying that is, but because I know, and I think that's what the good intention behind everyone who says that to you is because they, they know, and they've been there too. And they, they're like, I promise you it gets better. I promise you. But when you're in it and you're just trying to get from one day to the next, you just think that that is the way that is always going to be hard and you're always going to have a baby who you know cries a lot or whatever but I think I'm kind of and it may looking back if I'd heard myself say this now I wouldn't believe it but it's quite good to have been through a really tough time to know what a really good time is and like I know now that I can do hard things like I can do things that are really hard and I can get out the other side and now I can I can see the benefit of it like all the effort I put into working on Tui's sleep and getting her to sleep in her bassinet and putting herself to sleep which was like the hardest thing I've ever done like any project I've ever done at work just does just pales in comparison to trying to teach a baby how to sleep I'm like I can do anything now and I think seeing myself going through that and the success of when you actually make it work and how good that feels is such a cool feeling but I think it's really daunting at the beginning when you think about the thing that you're trying to achieve whatever that is with your baby and the thinking about it is always much harder than the doing and just knowing that if you if you start and you actually do it, that you will see success. Is is like I just kind of wish I'd known that success would come. Yeah. Well, so I mean, what would you say to somebody in your position that's that's not there's light at the end of the tunnel? Like somebody who felt like how you felt then. What yeah, would you I have just, wanted to hear? Well, I, th- I I just want I would have just wanted to know from someone who also had a difficult baby that it does that when I say it gets easier I'm like hand on heart telling you that it does I remember texting a friend saying I just want to have a happy baby like when do I get my happy baby and she was like it'll come I promise you it'll come and I was like but how do you know but she must have gone through a similar experience to me to have known that it was going to come and it does. And I just like, I, it's hard because I just myself didn't believe people when they told me that things got better, but to anyone listening who thinks that it's not going to, I can tell you because it happened to me that it actually does. And whether that happens a year down the track or a month down the track or whatever it is, you kind of, you can't, decide that it's just whatever will be will be but um I'm grateful now to the people who who did take the time to tell me those things because 
they were just, they were really trying to help me. And that's yeah. amazing. I think you've got to rely on um, other people who've been through the same thing and not be afraid to ask your friends or tell your friends that you're struggling or yeah. tell strangers on the internet that you're struggling and also share your struggles with other people because it helps so much to know that you're not in it by yourself because you're definitely not, even though you feel like you're the only one up at 3am with a screaming baby one night who you just cannot get back to sleep like you're definitely not the only one yeah and I think there is a certain sense of like isolation that comes with being a mother like for me I mean even just in my household like with my partner Christian you know I felt alone a lot and it's not Mm. that he wasn't helpful he was super helpful but he couldn't do the things that I was doing like he couldn't breastfeed he couldn't I don't know if it was just the fact that I, I was giving my kid milk, but it was just easier for me to relax him than it was for Christian. Yeah. So I just felt like alone a lot. And mm. I mean, I'm not, it's nothing against him, but I felt like I really felt like I was in it by myself. And even, I mean, I'm, I know I could have reached out to people and I did. I spoke to a lot of people, but I felt really lonely in the early stages of being a mother I mean now I feel a lot better because yeah he's easier now Mm. so I mean I suppose he's different in a different way like he requires more attention but it's different there's no like crazy crying like he's basically sleeping through the night yeah so yeah yeah but yeah I agree with you it is even though you know that you're not physically alone you kind of you you're the person that is the one that can stop the baby crying more easily and you've got the tools (laughs) you've got the boobs to do it um and but I think if you had a network of friends that who all had kind of babies around the same time as you and you texted any one of those people in the middle of the night they'd probably text you back within a few seconds and say yeah "Yeah, I'm up doing the exact same thing yeah I did do that a few times yeah (laughs) just which is so nice to know that you you're yeah. not the only one struggling gives you a bit of comfort yeah <laughs> um so I guess in those sort of like dark times where you weren't feeling great about what was happening you know how did that that affect the way that you like looked at yourself or the way that you felt that you were mothering or parenting I just I think it's really hard to have confidence in yourself and what you're doing when you feel that way and especially when you're doing something that you've never done before you don't know whether you're a good mom or a bad mom or I'm like no one out there is a bad mom to their baby if you're trying to do everything you possibly can to help your baby but sometimes when whatever you're doing is not helping your baby it's it's quite hard to um kind of trust yourself would you say that that's like shifted now? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like now I kind of, I use my intuition a lot more and I'm way more confident in what I'm doing. And because I think your baby can, can communicate with you more easily. Like Tui can't talk obviously, um, but she can communicate with her feelings and it's not just crying or not crying. You know, there's more, depth to what she can communicate with me and I think that makes it easier to figure out 
what she wants. Like she'll do things where she'll kind of start sort of twitching or make funny, making funny noises. And I'm like, oh, she's going to, she's going to blow any minute now. And then all of a sudden she'll be like, oh yeah, I'm done with that. And you can kind of predict a lot more. And that gives you confidence as a mum because all of a sudden you can understand your baby. And at the beginning, it's like, I just, that's really hard because you're trying to get to know this baby and um, kind of read their mind almost because Mm -hmm. they can't, you know, they've only got one way of communicating. And a lot of that is guessing. It's a lot of guesswork with a newborn. It's like, are you cold? Are you tired? Are you hungry? Do you need your nappy changed? And now there are many more things that could that your baby is trying to communicate with you but it's a lot easier and I think as the as the days go on you kind of get to know your baby more and um those things just come a lot more naturally and so I definitely feel more confident as a mum now and kind of like I know like if I had to look after anyone else's baby for a day I'd probably go back to square one because I don't know. I can't read that baby the way that I can read my own baby. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I think that's just something that is instinctual as well. And I suppose as well, like one thing you don't really realize is, yeah, I mean, you've grown this baby for nine months. You've pushed it out. There is like somewhat of a connection there, but it's a stranger. Mm. Like you don't know this person. You don't know how they work their emotions aren't really in check they're they're in survival mode like at its yeah. Peak. yeah and then you're trying to figure out how to keep this thing alive well to keep yourself alive yeah and you have no idea like I mean yeah you can love it but there's a relationship that has to be formed because yeah. I mean now just as you said for me as well like I'm getting to know him so much better so the bond between him and I is gr- way greater now than when he first popped out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think that's um, something that everyone, like, you know, people tell you that when when you have your baby, it's like a love that you've never felt before. And, yeah, that's true. But it it kind of, that grows yeah every day and I think that's really important to know that you know if you don't feel that that overwhelming love at the beginning that it's okay and there's not you're not a bad mum and there's nothing wrong with you and you know you you shouldn't be concerned that you know you're never gonna feel that way about your baby because that definitely comes and it is it is a relationship that you're building and you're trying to learn about each other and you're, you're right about the survival like your baby is just trying to survive and if something's wrong they're crying because that's how they survive yeah because if they just didn't do anything then you wouldn't do anything and that baby, you know like that's yeah. just it's like at its core is its survival mode and that can be really overwhelming because you're just kind of trying to figure out how this little person works and this little person is trying to figure out why they're not inside a cushy, warm, watery womb anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, getting everything they need straight away when they need it. And it's kind of like you're just this little team and you've got to figure out how to work together. I guess like we've sort of covered emotional, but I almost want to get into 
you know, the things that happen from sleep deprivation, exhaustion, you know, I mean, I had, I remember specifically like I'm this night where it must have been like seven o'clock. I was exhausted. I put Mav to sleep in the bassinet, like right next to our bed. And I told Christian, I was like, I'm just going to go, go to bed right now because I, I have, I just can't, I can't with this day anymore. I got to do it. <laughs> Went to sleep. 15 minutes later, Mav woke up and I don't even remember how many weeks in this was. I think within the first, first three, probably. And he woke up and I couldn't, I like called Christian and I was bawling, like bawling my eyes out on the bed. I was like, take him. I can't, you have to take him, take him out of the room. And Christian's face just went white. He like, I don't think he's ever seen me like that. I don't even know. I don't even know how I was in that moment. Like I was just so I couldn't be around him. I couldn't even breathe. Like I was like heaving on the bed, like get him out of this room. Like I need you to take him. And like, yeah, looking back on that now, I don't even know that that person. I mean, I want to hug her. I want to uh, be like, you're you're okay. Yeah. But there were so many things that were happening like emotionally in my body that I, I couldn't put words to I couldn't quite comfort because you know in an hour he had to feed so I wasn't you know I, yeah I was crying my eyes out on the bed but I couldn't sleep and then 40 minutes whatever later he had to come in and, and be on my breast and I just I remember being like fuck I have to just pull my fucking pants up right now <laughs> and just get this shit going yeah but that was just like I just a brutal memory for me but also like a very I an honest memory and um yeah I just I mean I'm sure you have some some moments like that that oh a hundred percent I've almost like a, a very similar one I remember Clint went to the supermarket and it was in like the middle of the day on a Saturday and I had tried to get Tui to go to sleep in her bassinet and she was not a bassinet baby and she was just like no nah, no way and then I tried to give her a bottle and she, because I was giving her um, like expressed top ups to try and like get mm -hmm. her weight up and she wouldn't take the bottle and I'm there like trying to get this bottle into her mouth and she wouldn't take it and she was crying and I was crying and I went out on the couch, like change of scene, try again and Clint walked back in the door to just like cry, me crying, Tui crying. I'm just like trying to hold this bottle, trying to get this bottle into her mouth and he just went, he just put all of the groceries on the floor by the front door, grabbed Tui and said, go to bed, like just go to sleep. And I was like, no, no, I can't. She needs feeding. She needs feeding. He was like, just leave her with me and go to bed. And I think my stress had, had like, she was feeding off my stress and Clint got the bottle into her easily because he was calm and he could calm her down. And when when you're kind of in that moment and you're like I can't even be calm for my baby it's just yeah. it's so overwhelming that you're just so tired and you can't think rationally and thank god we both had someone there who could you know take the baby for us and yes it's you you can see as horrible thing to say but you can see how bad things happen because yeah. if you don't have someone else there to kind of be your voice of reason 
you just you when you can't calm yourself down how are you supposed to calm your baby down and oh it's just (laughs) yeah it's yeah I mean you can give you like a bit of perspective and understanding Mm. as well and then also you know I was putting pressure on myself to make sure that he was okay all the time so that was exhausting in itself whereas like I mean, I'm sure if I didn't have Christian there, just like giving myself the permission to leave him in the bassinet to cry for a few minutes mm. while I went outside and like got myself together, that would have been okay. But probably in that moment, I probably would have just tried to pick him up. And then, you know, same thing. They totally feed off your energy. And that was another lesson that I, I learned later on is just to try and I mean, you can't do it all the time because no. they're hard work. So you can't always manage your emotional state in the best way. But yeah, I mean, if you need a moment, you don't have anyone there, like give yourself permission to take it anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I had so I had a lot of people telling me the same thing, actually, um, just to say, you know, if you if your baby is crying and you're stressed out, the best thing you can do is just to put your baby in their bassinet where they're perfectly safe and just go outside and take a minute and then just collect yourself and come back in. Nothing's going to happen to your baby. You're In this moment, you getting calm is more important than you calming your baby. So you've got to think of yourself first in this moment and then come back to your baby when you're ready because otherwise, you know, yeah, something exactly. bad could happen. Mm. It's, yeah, it's very true. And like that's another, you know, this whole concept of honoring the woman within the mother, you know, that whole, that's like a great example for me of of what that means, you know, taking a moment because you, if if you want your your baby to be, happy and healthy then you also have to be happy and healthy and in those first couple of weeks I don't really think you are or at least I I wasn't I mean there were for sure lots of moments of happiness like looking at him and and, but you know there was a lot of just trying to to like get through the night and get through the day you know and then the same thing I think just applies like on a greater scale even when you're kids are a bit older or you have more than one kid that you're just taking that time for yourself to make sure that that person that's within you is being loved and nurtured and cared for or having opportunities to like share with friends or listen to a podcast or do those things so that you can still be the best mom that you can be yeah totally I think that's so important and it's really hard in the moment to to think of yourself because you're just thinking of your baby all the time and it's you just need someone to remind you that you need to take five every day just to do nothing with yourself go for a walk around the block just go and sit outside in the garden and have a drink of water um and it doesn't have to be half an hour because you often don't even you don't have that you don't have half an hour but if you just you know just take five minutes like the joy of going to the supermarket now I went the other night before we got um made to not leave our houses um and I was really dreading going because I was like oh I don't want to go to the supermarket at seven o'clock at night what a pain and then I got there and I was like 
oh my God, this is like an outing. And it was always kind of <laughs> dusky and there was hardly anyone in the supermarket. And I just took my time walking around and I came home. I said to Clinton, I was like, I had such a good time. And I was like, do you know what? Next week, late night, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to go in the mall by myself and walk around. Never got to do that. But once we're allowed out of the house again, I'm definitely going to be doing that because yeah. like, what a great way to just do something that you used to do before you had a baby, do it without the baby when the baby's in bed at night and there's like provided that you know that your baby's going to stay asleep. There's yeah. no time pressure for you to get back home. Like when you can, when you get to the point where you can do things like that, I think it's so important to kind of take those opportunities where you can. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I would like to do that. I mean, my situation's a little bit different. I'm, and Christian is, he, he works away a lot. Oh, um, yeah. He works offshore. So he's away right now and stuck away because he can't. Oh get my home. God. So he's just ending up having to do, um, another shift at work which he wouldn't normally so I'm just like and then of course my parents are older so I mean for I suppose for context we're right in the middle of coronavirus COVID-19 yeah. <laughs> lockdown because I don't know when this is going to come out yeah. but yeah we're right in the middle of it so because they're a bit older you know I don't even want to like rely on them I want to like make sure that we're social distancing so like everything is on my plate right now which is super tough really hard yeah but when Christian gets home he is gonna have to run that baby (laughs) he's gonna have to figure it out (laughs) like I haven't seen you in a month but I'm going out (laughs) yeah see ya have a good time with your kid (laughs) I'm out (laughs) well oh thank you so much for doing this like my pleasure there are so many things we could talk about but you know so many you know (laughs) um but I feel like I just want to like end I mean not everything is negatives there's a lot of positives yeah so I just would love for you to share just some of the pure joys and like the awesome things that Tui is doing and even just you as a mom that you're getting to experience you know and and just to share that as well yeah, well, I think now in the age that she's at, she's she's become fun. Like we have fun together and we go for a walk every afternoon in the pram because she goes in the pram now. And yesterday we um we went for a like, nice 40-minute walk and she just kept waving at me the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, you're so cute. And she started eating a few months ago and she's just decided that she likes to feed herself. Thank you very much. And so oh she just um, shoves. She's a, such a hungry monkey. She just shoves food in her mouth and she's so happy. And she giggled. Like trying to get a giggle out of Tui is quite hard like she doesn't just give them away for free so when you get one it's like it's so cool and (laughs) yeah well earned and just watching her play like just putting her on the ground with a whole bunch of random things and watching her entertain herself is just the coolest thing um I swear to god she said mama the other day which (laughs) she's she hasn't said again but I'm 99% sure that she said mama um and just every day she does something different and I can see her kind of like growing and progressing and learning new things and I'm 
I finally understand what people say when they say it's hard, but it's rewarding because I'm getting the rewards are coming thick and fast now. And when, and you know, in that newborn stage, you don't get any rewards. And now they, you know, it's a smile as a reward, a giggle as a reward, a like her handing me something when I ask her for it as a reward. And it's, yeah, it's, just the great she's like she's pure magic and I would not have said that a few months ago <laughs> I would have been like what are you talking about <laughs> but now now I get it like now I get it she's just she's it's like she's a part of me that exists outside of me and watching her watching this thing that we created grow into a person is just the best thing I love that. That's amazing. And um, what about for you as the woman, as a woman, you know, like, how are you feeling in yourself, in your skin, like, new mom? What's what's going on with you? Yeah, well, I've been thinking about this since you kind of mentioned the concept of identity. And I've just started, you'll you'll be proud of me, I've just started meditating. A couple of months ago, I learned Vedic meditation. And since we had our um, first conversation about this podcast and you talked about identity, every time I've meditated, it's kind of come into my mind and I've just been trying to think about like what that means to me. And I think for me, I feel, I feel like I am the same person as I was before, but there's just an extension of me that now exists. And I think that's quite a cool way for me to look at it because I don't feel like I've had a whole identity shift because I don't feel, I don't feel different as a person, but I feel like I have just gained something that's just like added to the person who I was before to make myself more complete, I guess. Um, And I think that's kind of like, I still love all the same things I liked before. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I think I would have expected to feel more differently as a person than I do, but I don't. And like, I don't know if that's a strange thing or not, but. I don't think yeah. so. I think that sounds beautiful. It's really nice to, to hear you say that, you know, I think it, yeah. that's super comforting for me as well. I mean, I think I still don't know. I mean, I know I'm a mother, but there's a part of me that doesn't feel like one. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. Right. Well, I mean, maybe maybe that's normal. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I don't. I like sometimes I have to remind. I mean, I know I'm always reminded, but I have mm-hmm. to remind myself. No, wait, you're somebody's mother now. Yeah. Like I look at Tui and I go, "I'm your mom." Like that's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird that I'm your mom. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't, I don't walk around thinking I'm a mum. I'm a mum. Yeah, no, at all. Definitely (laughs) not. Whereas I feel like I thought that maybe I would feel all the time that I'm a mum. Maybe people, you know, there are ladies out there who have like two kids or three kids, or their kids are like ten and like talking back to them. Maybe that's when like the mom comes in. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But who knows? I guess it's just all a wild ride that we're on. Um, anything like any final thoughts or anything that you want to share or like let us know what's going on with you or or just people 
you know, you can let people know where to, to find you on social media or whatever it is. Any any final thoughts? Yeah, I think my biggest final thought is that I am now so happy that I'm enjoying being a mum and that I'm so happy that that time has come for me and that if you're kind of in the newborn phase and you're not enjoying it that that's okay and like I just want people to know that they the things that they see online and you know everything looks perfect for everyone people have people people are struggling too and you don't when you see a picture of someone who's like got their baby at a cafe or taking their baby to the hairdresser you don't know what it's taken for them to get to that point that day and I just think that's so important to realize that everyone has their own thing that they're finding tough and their own things that they're finding amazing and that everyone has their own journey but we're all in it together and I think now that I've the more people I speak to and the more I realize that the better I feel about this whole process and being really comfortable to talk to other people is so important and so if anyone wants to talk to me about it then I'm like so happy for you to reach out and send me a message um I'm at Lucy Slight on Instagram if you want to send me a message um I'd really love to hear from you because I think um any way that we can that mums can help other mums is um really really important amazing and just to add to that just like letting people and mums know that they're not alone you know and yeah especially when you see things on on social media like there's a whole world behind that lens that you don't get to see Mm -hmm. so even you know whatever emotions you're feeling whether it's like guilt enjoyment depression you know anything that goes in this in this realm of motherhood is completely fine and normal and you'll get through it and everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen and I mean you have a success story right here in Lucy Mm -hmm. you know somebody who was feeling really not good in the beginning who is like I mean I can hear I can literally hear your smile when you talk about her you know so it's just you know thank you so much for just taking the time to share that with us and, you know, to offer your support to other moms out there. You know, it's, it's amazing and we need more of that. So thank you to, to, to you for being you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yes, we'll end that there. So thanks, Lucy. <laughs> thank you, Brett. So lovely to talk to you. You as well. That's a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to continue to bring these wonderful stories to your life. Meet Me Downstairs will always be a platform that supports and honors moms in whatever shape or form that they are in. So we can't wait to just continue this wonderful, epic journey together. All the best. And we will chat with you on the next episode.